kids show more attitude than gratitude? Are you looking for ways to cultivate an attitude of thankfulness in your children this holiday season? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time end-of-the-year donation? Listeners, your support helps to sustain our podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. Thank you so much for your support. It enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for The World and Everything in It wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to our listener questions today, we just want to remind you all about our upcoming Moms Getaway Giveaway on Instagram. Ginger and I are so excited to be giving away a three-night stay for you and up to five of your friends at a lovely home on Lake Martin in Alexander City, Alabama, and that's March of 2024. Yep, and on one of those nights, Katie and I, along with our podcast manager, Heather, are looking so forward to driving up, treating your, your whole group to dinner, and spending some time getting to know you guys. And I actually haven't decided if I'm going to cook for us on that night. It probably just depends on how much stuff I have going on or if I'm going to have something catered in. But I do love to cook, so we'll see. Um, anyway, be sure to follow me on Instagram at ginger.hubbard so you don't miss out on your chance to win the Mom's Getaway Giveaway. And we're going to be posting all the details on my Instagram account sometime after Thanksgiving and announcing the winner in early December. I am so stinking excited about this. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. listeners, just go ahead and follow Ginger on Instagram at ginger.hubbard so you don't miss the announcement with all the details and how you can enter to win. Well, Katie, I don't know where this year has gone. It just seems like it has flown by. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to believe that we are already approaching the holiday season again and the end of 2023. And uh, speaking of the holiday season, what better time to talk about the importance of cultivating a heart of gratitude in our children? We actually did an episode a couple of years back with our sweet friend, Trisha Goyer, titled From Grumbling to Gratitude, where she offered some uh, really wise counsel 
and practical tips for training and guiding our family's hearts when it comes to not complaining and being thankful, then Katie and I did an episode last year on teaching kids gratitude, where we defined three characteristics of biblical gratitude and offered practical ways we can instill those characteristics into the hearts of our children. So this year, we thought it might be beneficial to revisit some of the information from both of those episodes. Uh, So Katie, how about we start out with a clip from the episode we did with Trisha Goyer because I just really loved what she had to say. Sure thing. Can you tell our listeners why you feel that gratitude should be at the top of the list of things we should teach to our kids? Absolutely. Well, I think once we can help our kids understand to be grateful, instead of the grumbling, the whining, complaining, it can make a huge difference. We adopted seven of our 10 kids. And for many years, we went to trauma therapy and we covered like anger issues and all these big things. I know Ginger does a great job talking about these things too. Um, But it was really that daily grumbling that pulled us all down because one child will start grumbling about this and his siblings or her siblings are grumbling grumbling about their grumbling. And pretty soon we get into this horrible cycle. <laughs> and uh, contagious. Actually, yes, contagious. <laughs> and we actually love road trips too. But when you have a lot of people, the grumbling adds up. And after one road trip, long road trip, my husband and I like, we have to do something. And that's where we came to the idea of just focusing on grumbling for a year or actually focusing on gratitude for a year. <laughs> and um, once we really prayed about it, talked about the Holy Spirit is able to be there and guide us and help us and strengthen strengthen us. We talked about looking for things to be thankful for and what to focus on instead of the negative things, focusing on the positive things. Those little things, again, the little things you Mm -hmm. do every day. After the first month, I'm like, we're not changing. After the second month, I'm like, I don't know if we're making a difference. Mm -hmm. By month five or six, I really started to see a change in our kids. And by the end of the year, I would say it was probably like 80% better, our Mm, gratitude instead of grumbling. And even now, my kids, we were just talking to somewhere uh, with with some friends and they're they're saying, yeah, we used to grumble a lot. We still do sometimes. But (laughs) because we spent that year really focusing on being thankful, being grateful, um, it has changed everything, whether it's homeschools, whether it's chores. And so I think sometimes it seems like a little thing, but switching our attitudes impacts the whole day for everybody. Mm, That's good. And one thing that I really picked up on there is that it takes time. It's not an overnight Mm -hmm. change. So even when we think what we're doing isn't working, just stick with it. Just stick with it and know that God's using our efforts to do a work in our kids' hearts. Tricia, one thing that we really try to emphasize on our podcast is to not just concern ourselves with outward behavior of our kids. Mm -hmm. I've heard about all sorts of tricks and ideas parents use to try and get their kids to stop grumbling and complaining, everything from consequences when they do grumble and complain to rewards when they don't. But we're not just after that outward compliance, are we? Our, Our hope is that our kids would experience a genuine change of heart. We want our kids to have thankful hearts because we know that they have much to be thankful for, just like we do. And because of all the things that God has done and continues to do for us, we're actually commanded to have thankful mm-hmm. hearts, and rightly so. First Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we know it's God's will yeah. for our grumbling children to have thankful hearts, but how can we guide them not just toward 
insincere lip service, but toward genuine gratitude? Well, I think the first thing is we have to look at ourselves. <laughs> when I sat down to teach Uh-oh. my kids, I realized how much I was grumbling. They didn't do their chore right. They need to write neater on their homework. All the things that I thought was teaching them, I realized was coming across as grumbling. And so I really had to look at my heart when I start getting grumbly or cranky. Um, I would start going to them and apologizing. And it's the mm. most humbling thing when every single day I'm going to my kids, you know what, I was grumbling. I'm so sorry. And and so once I started doing that, then they started seeing like, oh, okay, this is something that mom's taking seriously. This is something that that is important because I'm pausing to go and apologize to them. And then also being thankful. I had a model being thankful. Thank you so much. Even though they're supposed to do their chores, they're supposed to pick up their shoes. Thank you so much for putting your shoes away. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had to catch myself doing that first. But then when we started, we did all the things like you were talking about. We had a jar and every time they grumbled, they had to um, write a gratitude. Well, it went something like this. Um, you need to go do your chore. I don't want to do my chore right now. I'm like, oh, it sounds like you're grumbling. Go write a gratitude. I don't want to write a stupid gratitude. Well, that's two. <laughs> now you have to write two. And pretty soon, by the time my daughter got downstairs, she was like at seven. And I'm really like, write seven gratitudes right now. And I realized like, this is not getting us anywhere. And then one morning we were doing our Bible study, was talking about the fruit of the spirit and joy and peace and patience and thankfulness. And I realized like, do you guys realize that we can ask God for help? And I'd been like telling them, you need to be grateful. You need to stop grumbling. But I know I can't do it in my own strength. Every morning I'm reading my Bible. I'm writing in my prayer journal. I'm praying. And I said, you know, every day I ask God to give me a good attitude. There are some days I wake up really grumpy and he Mm -hmm. helps me. And so we started during their our morning devotion time, their prayer time, some kids especially started saying, and God, help me not to grumble. And God, mm. help me have a good attitude today. And I realized, like, often kids think when we want them to change, we just expect them to be able to do that in their own strength. And so being able to tell kids, like, God is there mm. to help. God wants to um, give you peace. And it's okay if you need to say, Mom, can I have a break? I feel like I'm having a bad attitude right now. Can I just go and pray or be by myself and talk to God for a minute? Like, I do that as a mom. I'll be like, okay, kids, I need five minutes to just get with Jesus. And get I need my time attitude out. Straight. Time I need out. time out for Mama. <laughs> and it's okay to teach our kids that they can depend on God for strength. I think so many times they think, like, they, it's all up to them. And so I think that's one of the important things. And so that really gets to their heart is realizing that we cannot do things. And when we're weak in an area, God can be strong for us. And so once our kids and myself started praying for those things and praying for those things out loud, then I really, that's really when I started to see a big change. Mm -hmm. It wasn't us in our own efforts. Like every time we try to do things in our own efforts, we fail. But Mm -hmm. in God's strength, turning to him, praying. And that's something that will carry over to life when they're, at a job when they're in a in a college class and they're stressed out. I mean, just learning to turn to God is a huge thing. So let's start by just giving, asking Him to give us good attitudes and asking us, asking Him to give us thankfulness and be grateful for the things that we have. Well, Ginger, I just love Trisha's heart in that episode and how she reminds us to keep the long view in mind when it comes to teaching our kids how to show gratitude. Parenting is definitely a marathon and not a sprint, (laughs) though there are many sprints throughout. But um, 
the same goes for our own walk with Christ, really. We are being sanctified and renewed more every single day. So we shouldn't expect immediacy or perfection from our children or even from ourselves. And honestly, some of the fruit of this labor might not manifest in our kids for years. And that's why things like a gratitude jar, while seemingly helpful ways to measure gratitude can actually discourage us if we don't have the long view in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that things like gratitude jars or similar tools can be an exercise in just naming all the things in the room right now with kids of a certain age, that seems to be what they do rather than a true expression of gratitude. Right. And that's where our roles as parents come into play. We are the spiritual leaders over our children. It's our responsibility to encourage them to set their minds on things above, not on earthly things that we know from scripture do not last. The problem is that our kids, like us, are born with a sin nature, which means they struggle with having a temporal mindset. They think that cheap Happy Meal toy is going to satisfy them more than it actually will. And of course, Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong at all or sinful about our kids enjoying the cheap Happy Meal toy for as long as it lasts, which I don't know about you, Katie, but with my kids was typically about a minute. (laughs) Yes, But we also want to be mindful that our responsibility is to shepherd our children spiritually. One of the ways that we can do that is by just reminding them that the treasures they have as children of God are far more valuable and lasting than anything this world has to offer. And the beauty of helping them understand this truth is that the more they take hold of who they are and what they have in Christ, the more their hearts are content and satisfied in Him which brings about genuine gratitude and thankfulness. So my encouragement is for us to just look for opportunities to have these conversations and point our children um, to Jesus, who is the only one who can truly satisfy their souls. And let's keep in mind that some of the most effective spiritual conversations happen in the context of the moment. Sometimes when our children are struggling with issues, such as not showing gratitude, our first inclination is to set aside uh, this huge block of time and have in-depth discussions or maybe even go through a family devotional or Bible study about it. And, you know, sure, those approaches can be helpful, but I found that children tend to comprehend better and that training sticks better when it's done in the context of the moment. And the context of the moment doesn't always mean in the heat of the moment when there's conflict or heightened emotions involved. It could just mean uh, that while they're in that happy meal bliss, we just take 30 second, that 30 second opportunity to encourage them and where their real treasure is. Uh, We might talk to them about Matthew 6 verses 19 through 21. Those verses say, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, you know, that's just a a quick, simple encouragement in the context of the moment for our kids. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out conversation, just offering just a little bit of biblical wisdom and encouragement here and there as opportunities present themselves can make a huge difference in their spiritual growth and maturity. Well, Ginger, you know how our listeners love for you to give examples of how conversations like this might look with young children or sound rather with young children. 
Yeah. So, all right. So say that your child just pulled out the new Squishmallow toy from his Happy Meal. How do you know about Squishmallow toys? <laughs> my daughter loves those things. Does They're she? So uh, yeah, she well, does. Well, Katie, honestly, because I had to get my Happy Meal fix a few months ago. Are you serious? Uh, you yeah. found out from a Happy, a Happy Meal? Meal? Yeah. <laughs> I get that craving two or three times a year. And I'm just going to say that one is never too old for a Happy Meal. So do not judge me. Don't believe her. She means two or three times a week. Uh, guys, well. I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just a, what I'm saying is just a simple conversation to encourage a child from a spiritual standpoint. Um, it just might sound something like, you know, what a cute little squish bellow. I'm so thankful that God gives us fun treasures on earth to enjoy. But isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus is our greatest treasure? That's why God tells us to set our hearts on treasures in heaven that last forever. So just that simple little statement is a reminder um, of that their greatest treasure is um, in Jesus. When children begin to really take hold of and appreciate Jesus as their greatest gift and their greatest treasure, gratefulness will naturally fill their hearts and thankfulness will show up in their behavior. In short, their actions will reflect their hearts. I like that. Ginger, to be honest, I wasn't sure how that conversation might sound because well, when you first said it, I had the thought that I wouldn't want to make my child feel guilty for enjoying a gift I had just given them, Mm -hmm. even if McDonald's had given it to them. But you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that can cause unnecessary guilt. uh, But there's nothing wrong with giving gifts to our children as God does the same for us. And there's nothing wrong with our children enjoying the gifts they've been given. Mm -hmm. The issue is when those gifts become something they feel entitled to or begin to demand And if that's an issue we see in our kids, then we might need to change our approach and consider whether or not our children have been overindulged. Um, Mm -hmm. I find the best time to talk to my kids about gratitude for earthly things is when they have started to exhibit signs of covetousness or greed. Mm -hmm. Um, I just gently remind them of a recent gift they were given that is no longer enjoyed the way it was at first. I mean, I think we're all guilty of this. Um, Something we just had to have that we no longer enjoy within days or weeks. Yes, I can think of um, things just right off the top of my head where oh, I've done that. Absolutely. Gotta have it. And then, you know, two weeks later, it's it's stuffed away somewhere because exactly. I didn't have to have it as badly as I thought I needed it. <laughs> I'm the worst about starting a hobby. Like, oh, I'm going to start hand stitching. Mm-hmm. And, and I buy all the things for it uh-huh. and then do it for a week yeah. and abandon it. Yeah, I did that with a sushi making kit. Oh, had to have it. Saw the funny. video. Looked awesome. I'm going to do this. I have to have it. Couldn't even wait till Christmas to get it. Had to have it yeah. right then. Well, you know, <laughs> then it sat in the cabinet for two years and we just found it. Remember this? Yeah, we need to throw that out. We're never going to use it. <laughs> Remember how you were going to be a sushi maker. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you, parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress. We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. 
If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. Well, so Ginger, you've identified three characteristics of biblical gratitude. So how about you tell us what those characteristics are and give us some practical ways to encourage our children to live them out. So what is characteristic number one when it comes to biblical gratitude? Biblical gratitude enjoys the gift, but exalts the giver. It's important for our children to express appreciation for all the blessings in their lives and to thank people who give them gifts. But the ultimate appreciation should be to the ultimate source, to the one through whom all blessings flow. Behind the gift is the giver. Without the giver, there is no gift. So we guide our children to enjoy the gift, but to center the giver as the object of their gratitude. You know, we often see in children's books and on shows on television of children closing their eyes, bowing their heads, folding their hands and saying, thank you, God, for, and then they rattle off this long list of people they love and things that they enjoy. But is God or the gift the object of their gratitude? God is the giver of good gifts. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So when our children pray, let's encourage them to appreciate the gift, but also help them recognize and focus on God as the object of their gratitude. We can pray something like, uh, Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Thank you for providing us with a warm home. Thank you for giving daddy a job to earn money to pay for it. Or thank you for giving mommy a job to earn money to pay for it. Thank you for blessing grandma with good health and for the time that we get to enjoy joy with her. Thank you for the toys, the Happy Meal toys, the Christmas toys, the birthday presents that I get to enjoy and play with. I am grateful to you for all of these things. By modeling prayers that give thankfulness to God, we teach our children that the object of their gratitude is the giver. So let's encourage our children to, yes, enjoy all of these gifts while exalting the giver. I'm just picturing you thanking God for your squash mellow. It was more about the cheeseburger. <laughs> more, it's, it's the fries for me. Yeah. <laughs> can't be McDonald's fries. <laughs> no, you really can't. Uh, I think we can all identify, Ginger, with thanking God for the things we have, but not spending enough time dwelling on who he is mm-hmm. and the giver himself and the gift of salvation. So that's a great reminder. Uh, what's the second characteristic of biblical gratitude? Biblical gratitude gives glory to God in all things. We can encourage our children to do that by teaching them to thank God for specific blessings, uh, such as the ones we just mentioned, their home, their family, and even the temporal and material things they enjoy. Those are all good gifts. But if this limited scope is the extent of their gratitude, are they truly learning to be thankful to God in all things? Of course, we should encourage our children to acknowledge the wonderful gifts God has given them and to thank Him for them, but let's instill in them a deeper gratitude by teaching them to be thankful, not just for the gifts He gives, but for the God He is. 
The problem with instructing children to express gratitude only for the people and the things that bring them pleasure and happiness is that it fosters a self-centered, self-serving kind of thankfulness. Whereas mm-hmm. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, exhorts, exhorts us to, quote, rejoice always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks in all circumstances means expressing gratitude even in the hard things. The things that don't bring happiness, the things that don't bring pleasure, that's the kind of deep gratitude that says, Lord, I trust in your sovereignty, and I'm thankful for your goodness in all things, not just the things that serve my purposes, but those that serve yours. I'm thankful not just for the things that are easy and pleasurable that I understand, but also the things that are difficult and challenging that I don't understand. Ginger, so how do we instill this kind of gratitude in our kids? What does it look like from a practical standpoint? Well, what it looks like is basically just setting a good example. You know, what if mom or dad loses that job we thanked God for providing? We still express gratitude to God. We pray Mm -hmm. with our children, Lord, we thank you that we can trust you in all things. We don't know what lies ahead or what you have in store, but we know that you are in control and you are sovereign. And we know that you take care of your children. We thank you that just as you grow the flowers in the fields and provide food for the birds in the air, you will provide everything we need. When we give thanks to God, even when we're facing difficulties and hardships, we're reminded of who he is and why he is worthy of all of our praise and gratitude in everything. That's what it means to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Hmm. Ginger, that is just so profound and I think has to be one of the most difficult things we do as believers. We are called to take up our cross daily and we're also called to give thanks in all circumstances. Mm. So when those things collide, uh, we're called to take up our cross with thanksgiving. And I'm sure we've both said this plenty of times before, but if we want to see gratitude in our children, we have to model it and not expect from them what we aren't ourselves doing? Uh, Do they see us praying out loud even when we really want to wallow in self-pity or anger or depression? Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly believe that what we model in moments like this is just so much more impactful than any conversation on this topic or any exercise like a gratitude jar. Right. It is, Katie. And, you know, let me just say here that that is just so convicting for me because I don't always set the right example. Complaining, honestly, is a huge struggle for me. As a matter of fact, we just got back from a vacation, um, a 10-day vacation, where some of the things were not at all what we expected and things didn't go as planned. And of course, this episode on having a heart of gratitude was the next one that we had scheduled to record. And I'm sure that that was God's timing for me just to check my own heart because it it is a struggle for me. And I was just so convicted after I looked over our notes this morning. We got back late last night and we had to schedule this to record today. And I was just so convicted after I looked over my notes right before we recorded, Katie. And I had to get on my knees and repent before we recorded because instead of being grateful that the Lord provided us with a week off to travel and see new places and spend time with friends, um, I did. 
a lot of complaining about little things that went wrong. So I'm spurring myself on here just as much as I am with anyone else. And, you know, our kids need to see this. I mean, it was even my kids. They picked us up from the airport last night. And the first thing I started rattling off was all the things that went wrong, you know, instead of being grateful. And, you know, Mm. that should be our heart's attitude. What can we be grateful for? That should have been the first thing I said. I'm so grateful we had these 10 days off to rest, to relax, to to play cards with friends and look at all this scenery. But that's not where my heart went. It went to grumbling and complaining. And so I literally, before I came in here and sat down and recorded with you, I got on my knees. I went in the kitchen. Our kids are here right now. Wesley's home. He's cooking this fantastic dinner. And I said, you know, guys, I have to repent. I complained. I didn't have a grateful heart about what the Lord provided. I was looking at the negative things instead of praising Him um, for the great things um, that He allowed us to get to do this week. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. It was a terrible example. So when we do set that terrible example, we just need to go to our kids and say, you know what? The Lord convicted me of that. That, that I shouldn't have said those things. I should have had a grateful heart here. So what you're saying is that having to do that to our kids doesn't end once they're grown. <laughs> right. We still have to repent. That's right. We still have to repent. <laughs> it never ends. It doesn't. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that, Ginger. That's really sweet. Well, give us the third characteristic of biblical gratitude. Biblical gratitude delights in giving more than receiving. When the object of gratitude is Jesus, God's children find it more blessed to give than to receive. That's actually Acts 20 verse 35. Now, I'm not negating the fact that there is joy in receiving. I mean, who doesn't love to get good gifts? (laughs) Everybody. Everybody loves that. But there's also joy in giving to others and witnessing them receive blessings from the Lord through our acts of generosity. And that's a joy that even our young children can begin to experience from an early age. I love that. So give us some practical ideas you have for teaching even the youngest of kids how to express gratitude through giving to others. Well, one thing that we used to do over the holiday season, since we're coming up on Thanksgiving, um, is we would make food baskets and take them to local families in need. When my kids were growing up, we uh, just called the church, our church that we're involved in, and got names and addresses. um, And then we delivered Thanksgiving baskets Um, as a family together in our area. Another idea is to have children earn and save their own money to give to a charity. You could actually research a couple of charity organizations online, read about their mission with your kids, and let them pray about and pick which one that they feel led to give to. Another idea is to let them help bake cookies or prepare a meal to, to take to someone in need. Even a small child can add just a few ingredients and help stir. Encourage younger children to draw or color a card to deliver with a meal. Or if they're older, they could write a note of encouragement and include a scripture about Jesus, who is our greatest gift of all. Then take your children with you to deliver those things because letting them be an active part of serving and giving is a wonderful way to help cultivate an others-oriented mentality, which also cultivates gratefulness in their hearts. Mm. So Katie, do you have any ideas to share? I do. And actually one came to mind that I hadn't planned to say, but uh, if uh, some of our longtime listeners might remember that Lifeline Children's Services was one of our early sponsors, and they have something called Stand for Orphans, which is a program where, you know, a family will just decide or an organization could decide to 
host a lemonade stand. It's usually in the summer, but they've had people do things throughout the year, like a hot cocoa stand or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then all of the proceeds go back to Lifeline Children's Mm -hmm. Services um, to help with orphans around the world. So something like that would be a fantastic way, you know, to take some of that precious time in December or November and give back to an organization like that would just be a really impactful thing. I think it might become one of your favorite traditions as a family. Mm Um, But in years past, I encouraged our listeners to be generous with their time during the holiday season, which is so hard to do. And since recording these earlier episodes that we did on gratitude, my family had the opportunity to do that for the past two Christmases, as well as last Thanksgiving. We had very sick family members who weren't able to leave the house and spend the holidays with family as intended. So rather than continuing with our regularly scheduled festivities, we spent days in the kitchen and then on the road, just delivering food and gifts to our sick family members. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but just as an encouragement to our listeners and a reminder to myself that Thanksgiving and Christmas experiences for our kids are super special and fun. Uh, But I honestly believe the more memorable and impactful moments we spend with them involve the time and energy we pour into others. I don't think our kids will ever forget the Christmases and Thanksgiving that we drove all over Georgia taking food to our family. Uh, Last year, we actually made it extra fun because we're getting good at this now because we've done it so many times. (laughs) Um, We wrote some Christmas carols on the way to my aunt's house and to my parents' house. And it was just especially memorable for my kids because I let them sing a bad word. Wait, because <laughs> it's a rhyme. Christian podcast. I, you let your kids say a bad word. Well, okay, so I say a bad word. And parents, if you have little ones listening, now's a good time to pause. Uh, it's not super bad, but crappy is just too good a replacement for happy. It really just is. So <laughs> do you want me to sing it where our listeners can hear? Should uh, I do that? Well, I don't know. Do you think our listeners are prepared to hear you sing on our show? No, they're not. They're really just not. But I'm willing to sacrifice my dignity for the sake of our listeners. <laughs> okay. And I think they need to hear the tune. Like that, yeah, that makes yeah. it different. Okay, okay, let's have it. So, okay, I'll give you the first one. This is to the tune of Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. So we said, coughing around the pharmacy, you feel like you're gonna drop. I'm so off key. Runny nose like a water hose, will the symptoms ever stop? Coughing around the pharmacy, it's a crappy holiday. You see, I had to do it. (laughs) Maybe this meal we have for you helps your symptoms go away. (laughs) See, that was the first one. And I'm just real proud of that. You should be. Not the singing, but the words. It's so fun, though. That's just so fun. (laughs) Okay, I do have one more, if you don't mind. Uh, This is seriously one of my favorite things we've ever done at Christmas time. And because this was two years in a row that our family was sick at Christmas, we had fun with this one. And this is to the tune of We Wish You a Merry Christmas. We wish you weren't very sickish. We wish you weren't very sickish. We wish you weren't very sickish again this year. We're hiding from you until you are well. We're keeping our distance till your mucus is clear. Can you believe I said mucus in a song? <laughs> I'm really surprised, Katie. You know, that, I, that's a shocker. You didn't gag. But they had COVID, and so it made, I mean, it just fit. It I just let them fit. say crappy and mucus in a song, and I, I don't know. I just don't know how you sang mucus without gagging because I you're know. just so I let the kids weird about it. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that terrible singing and public humiliation is just my way of encouraging our listeners to leave some margin in your holiday schedule and even be willing to scrap the schedule entirely. Uh, we had peanut butter for dinner on Christmas. Mm. 
After uh, because mm. we we had bought all the food ahead of time and I only had so much. And so we ate peanut butter when we got home. And what a sweet, mm. what a sweet memory that was. Yeah, that's, I love that, Katie. And I just, I'm just picturing you and your kids making up those funny lyrics. Well, oh, we had driving. a blast. I'm, I know. Yeah. I love it. That's that, and that. They'll never forget that. How fun. No, they won't. And I bet it was just as fun and memorable for all of your sick relatives as it I, was for I, your kids. Yeah, they were a little delirious because they all had COVID. So <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Oh, I love it. Did you? I think you sent me a picture of you guys. You left like all the food on the porch and didn't your parents like they were upstairs and they were looking out of a window and you guys were below? That was two years ago. Okay. My dad. Yeah, he was upstairs and we were below. Okay. And then last year we actually went in the house and we braved it. Yeah. Uh, I think we were a little less Just sang them the mucus songs. Yeah, I sang the mucus. I mean, they really needed to hear it. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So listeners, those are just a few simple ways you can teach your children to love and serve others and sing songs that have the word crap and mucus in them, <laughs> which helps cultivate a heart of gratitude, we hope. That's all we're trying to we say. Hope. You want gratitude and your kids let them say words that <laughs> you normally don't. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Elizabeth in Indiana, and she says this. My quick tip is to buy the four pack of wise words for moms charts. We did not make her say this, you guys, uh, from Ginger's website. <laughs> yes. I include <laughs> I include one with every baby shower gift. And I, if I'm sending a gift to someone, instead of giving it in person, I will send their gift straight from that other super convenient online retailer. Oh, she She's did not listening. say that. Yeah, she did. Uh, and include, obviously, the wise words for mom's chart. I've given away so many over the last two years that my next purchase will make two dozen charts that I've purchased to give away. Thanks so much for this resource, Ginger. It has been invaluable. I love Oh, well, thank you for that little plug, Elizabeth. And I have to say that the timing for this quick tip couldn't have come at a better time with Christmas being just around the corner. Uh, yes, the chart are great for baby shower gifts, but they also make for great encouraging and inexpensive Christmas gifts for your mom friends who are striving to reach the hearts of their children. So thank you, Elizabeth. Absolutely. And I have to say, I love it when you guys are able to quote us verbatim because it means you're listening really carefully <laughs> or maybe we're just really repetitive. Uh, but the other super convenient online retailer is able to ship directly to the recipient. So Elizabeth is right. Uh, that's a time and money saver for gifting your friends who live in other states. But if your friends live close enough to gift them in person, Elizabeth is also right that you can get the Wise Words for Moms bundle deal on Ginger's website. The deal is that when you buy three charts at Ginger hubbard.com you get a fourth chart free and don't forget listeners when you purchase directly through ginger's website you're really helping support our ministry and this podcast if you have a quick tip for our show we would love to hear from you it could be any random tip about cooking housekeeping something you do with your kids ideas for fun date nights with your spouse plugs for ginger's resources really anything at all <laughs> we would love to share your ideas on the podcast just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those well, Ginger, as we are all striving to shepherd the hearts of our children toward gratitude, can you leave us with a final word of encouragement? Sure. Let's make every effort to steer our children to a higher level of spiritual gratitude this holiday season. Let's pray that they will embrace and pursue Jesus as the greatest gift of all and experience the joy of being thankful to God in all things. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. Are you looking for fun and Christ-centered Christmas gifts for your children or grandchildren, or maybe for your nieces and nephews? Well, today we're offering a discount on Ginger's children's books, co-authored with Al Rowland. Just use the code PARENTING at checkout to get 10% off these three books. 
Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining. Chloe and the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. And Sean and his amazing shrinking sister is a book about teasing. But wait, we have more for you. We're also offering $10 off when you buy all three of these books. That's in addition to the 10% discount on your total order. Again, just go to gingerhubber.com and use the code parenting at checkout. Thank you again for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. That's assuming you'll come back after my singing. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. That's the kind of deep gratitude. I said gratitude. Gratitude. <laughs> that's Lord, that's gratitude so, when your life stinks. We're so, <laughs> so grateful. Crat- we're going to show gratitude. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, it's craptitude sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for this crap. We're very <laughs> yeah yeah. All right, we just we, we're, that's a new thing. Yeah. It can be any random tip about top. I'm still in singing mode. <laughs> we wish you would send a tip. We wish you would. Send. <laughs> we wish you wouldn't shop on Amazon. We wish. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. We all do it. We all do it. Yes, we do. <laughs>